0: Welcome back to Becoming Your Best Version, a podcast in which I get to interview amazing, inspiring women whose paths have crossed mine and share them with you, share their light with you. I am Maria Leonard Olson. I am a commercial litigation attorney in the Washington DC area. I am a TEDx speaker, public speaker, author, uh, radio show host, and podcaster. I'm also a woman in long-term recovery from alcoholism and mentor other women to the best of my ability. You can learn more about me at marialenardolson.com. Today, however, I'm sharing a very bright light from the West Coast, who also grew up in the DMV area that for you not in DMV. That means DC, Maryland, Virginia. And she also is the product of an all-girls Catholic school. (laughs) And we were joking about what that has meant in our lives, but that is not the subject of today's podcast. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about what this amazing woman has accomplished in a a small amount of time. Amicela Gus Gass- Gaston is the executive director and founder of International Cultural Arts and Healing Sciences Institute. She is a force for change. Proclaimed as one of the purest contemporary voices by National Public Radio, Amicela is a public keynote speaker, performer, educator, and author. She travels the world serving as a cultural arts ambassador for the State Department and is the founder of the the educational services organization. With more than 25 years experience in the behavioral health arena, Amakela has been bringing together artists and healers of all forms and specialties to promote healing and wellness through the arts and activism. She leads corporations, universities, and organizations through cultural competency, restorative justice, and racial racial equity training designed to facilitate, engage, and support people in exploring challenging conversations. She does expansive work with political refugees, war survivors, and at-risk populations worldwide and is often called into difficult scenarios to offer intercultural literacy and deep restorative justice work in support of transformative and peaceful solutions. Her international program of public dialogue is designed to allow different traditions and nationalities to gather together and address issues concerning our community at large. Her programming has been utilized by the Department of Health and Human Services, USAID, the American Psychological Association. Oh, I could I could list so many more <laughs> because this woman is a force. She has done peace work in Israel, Beirut, Amman, Damascus, Palestine, uh, the list goes on. But I want to give her a chance to talk because she has already appeared internationally on television, radio, and film with appearances on PBS, HBO, the Sundance Film Festival. She's the winner of 12 Whammy Awards for Best Jazz World and Urban Contemporary Vocalist and is the proud recipient of the United Nations Global Woman Award the Voss Foundation Emerging Women Leaders Award, and the Pioneer Award for Exemplary Leadership and Outstanding Service in Social Justice and Advocacy. Okay, one more. The International Hero (laughs) for Peace and Forgiveness Award. Her extensive studies with traditional healers and cultural artists around the healing effects of music led Two, the commemorative Golden Buddha performance at a personal invitation by His Holiness, the Dalai Lama in India. It, it, it is just blowing my mind how fabulous this woman is and all of the light she brings into the world. But I'll stop talking and let's hear from Amikela. Welcome, Amikela.
1: Thank you, Maria. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> you are so- amazing.
1: Oh my gosh. I am so appreciative to be here and reflect the light of you back to you. I'm so honored to be here. And what a cool podcast and all the things you've listened about yourself at the beginning. (laughs) What are you
0: talking about, honey? You got it going on. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And I just love meeting women like you who Mm -hmm. drink fully from the cup of life, who are making this world a better place because you were here. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... I see that you have unified our world through music. Can you tell us, how did you get started in, well, there's so many things that you do, but let's start first with your music career. How did that start? Oh my
1: gosh. And I I love the charge to unify the world through music. I love it. I'm going to take that on. Um, I And I hope that I'm doing a little teeny tiny part. I've been doing, you know, I have a very musical family. My mother played classical piano, my father played, the, tr- you know, the French horn and the drums and the bass, and my brother plays, is a drummer. And um, we would just, you know, kind of do the Von Trapp family, black version, you know, nice. play together and make music together and rhyme together. And I have cousins who are singers and musicians, and it's just, we have a very, very robust musical family, but I never really thought about it as a career. It was always kind of an adjunct, like, be a doctor and sing on the side, you know, one of those days. But it wasn't until, you know, I I really started singing in musical theater. My first production was um, Charlie Brown. You're a good man, Charlie Brown in the third grade. And I was Lucy. Nice. And I just loved it so much. And so then after that, every year, since the third grade I've been some I've been in some kind of theatrical production. Um, but I it really kind of struck me as something to do on a larger scale when I got to do an off-Broadway production of Jesus Christ Superstar while I was in oh, college. Wow. And I I know, girlfriend, and I had no idea what the production was about, but I actually got to to um, be Mary Magdalene and perform it a lot. And then I started doing a lot more off production Broadway productions and Broadway productions and Then uh, with a friend of mine um, who's named Paul Emerson, he's also a cultural ambassador for dance um, with the State Department. And we do a lot of work with the Foreign Services Institute and they send us to places um, through a program we created together called Broadway Bound. And we take songs that are about um, love and restorative justice, like, you know, seasons of love. And we do kind of like a a Broadway cabaret with artists from that area. And we put on these- you know, large productions and these big, beautiful embassies. And we go around um, into different palaces of fine arts and uh, have people sing songs and share cross-culturally music. And that kind of cultural diplomacy through the arts as advocacy is something that just to me felt so powerful and how we can start really mending wounds that go beyond language. Cause oftentimes, you know, we get stuck in language and we get stuck in, you know, kind of the, the machinations of you know this plus this equals this when you're using words, but when you're using music and you're opening up that heart space, it's another level of healing that you just don't expect to see until you see it. And I remember this story, I tell it a lot. I was in, I was in Lebanon and there was a woman who was an Iraqi refugee. I do a lot of work with you know, refugees and different um, populations that are you know really kind of trapped, in their voice and they're they're feeling, you know, really experiencing PTSD on levels that we don't even know because they're, you know, war survivors. And this woman, you know, everyone kept asking her to tell her, you know, describe what it was like to be an Iraqi refugee. This is with, you know, the United Nations and UNHCR where they're trying to, you know, document the refugee experience. And all she kept saying was, I have no memory, only sadness. And she just kept saying it over and over again. And I just felt like, you know, At this point, you know, barraging her with more words was more torture than it was helpful. So I just started singing to her. And she I just started singing to her. She started crying. She turned to me. She gave me this big hug. She started weeping. Then all of a sudden, all these stories started pouring out of her about how she missed her children and her grandchildren and how the date trees that are so, you know, crucial in a lot of their traditions are gone because of the bombs and how you know, she doesn't know where her family is, and just all these things to describe the depth of her world. And even though I was singing in a language she had no idea, I was singing music from, you know, West Africa. She felt the intention behind it, and that's what the arts can do when you when words defy us and 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 are elusive. You know, painting and dance and music, especially, and it, it, poetry it, it shapes how people can. Touch each other's hearts in a way that you can't always do. And so that was it for me. That's what I was like, I've got to make this institute where we do healing arts <clears throat> and really get, you know, artists and healers to come together to work with these different populations. Because can you imagine? So I made this program called Music is Medicine and looking at how music um, is such an incredible way to connect everyone, because there's always music everywhere. Everybody mm-hmm. at some sort of, I mean, doesn't matter where you're from, what tradition you're a part of, even if it's just with, you know, a piece of bamboo, um, the way you whistle and sing it, you know, like those Fulani chants that are through the jungle to call the elephants, that's musical. And it's just so incredible to see people united through music, it's incredible.
0: Wow, 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 <laughs> wow. Well. I got chills when you were speaking. And mm-hmm. for me, chills indicates truth. Yeah. And wow, I am so blown away by all of these things that you are doing, and it rings so true that music can cross cultures and can bring us closer yes. together in ways we can't even imagine. Yeah. I, I just this morning was at the Kennedy Center doing a Daybreaker, which is you get up, get there at six a.m. and you dance with reckless abandon. Yes, it was That's so it was cool. Just, so uplifting and outside my normal day to day act, you know, behaving as a lawyer is supposed to behave, and I loved it. And yes. these were people mostly younger than I was, am, yes. uh,
1: uh,
0: with which I probably don't have a lot in common. But we did to this morning as Where? we were all dancing. Were and, you on the rooftop? Where? Yes. Yes
1: shut up. That is so cool. Actually, I'm going to be performing at the Kennedy Center in the fall. <gasps> so is- yes, yeah, girlfriend, we got to hook up. I want it's,
0: to go when and, it- and it's with
1: my friend, I was just telling you about Paul Emerson. Yes. Um, so the dancers that we travel with to these different places, we do, he wrote a production called to sail around the sun. Wow. And it's with the National Symphony. And we do it to the, you know, to spring, you know, the dee, 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 dee. it's like a beautiful children's show. And it's, it's incredible. It's like an uh late August, early September.
0: I'll, I'll text you the information. I will be there if I'm in town. This sounds fantastic. You you are a multi dimensional healer too. So <laughs> I, I would also like to talk about how you studied and um, incorporated your behavioral tr- health experience mm-hmm. and training, mm-hmm. how you married that with music. How did that germ of an idea mm-hmm. come to you? You know, it's been, it's it's just always really
1: been there I've always really been drawn to um you know both of my parents are are doctors and um, my mother is a physician my father's an educational psychologist and so that kind of healing language coupled with the fact that they're also musicians has always been the reality of my world and so um seeing how again music just, speaks to people's emotional state and can modulate it and shift it in a way that's indescribable. It's something that always baffled me that there wasn't more study around, Mm -hmm. or if there was study around it, it was very kind of cloistered to, you know, how, you know, classical music can help young babies you know, with the Mozart effect, learn mm-hmm. faster, you know, that kind of drawing these other parallels. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that our society is still really afraid to tap into mental health and yes. behavioral well-being, And so, um, you know, it's always kind of couched in the, have your baby learn more things by playing classical music and it'll be smarter. And, um, and I was just amazed how that was just truncating the power of all the ways that music is infused into our every way of being like you know the power of Muzak to get people to buy more stuff. Right, right, <laughs> you know, right. It really down, right. There's something to be really examined. Um so it's always been there, quite honestly. And so I was just I, I it's just a passion of mine. I just kept going down that rabbit hole constantly, constantly, constantly.
0: Well it worked. And I'm, <laughs> I'm sure our listeners would also enjoy hearing about how you got on the international stage? How did you make the jump from doing what you were doing in the U.S. and then working with refugees all over the world? How did that happen?
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's such a great question, and I get that all the time. And I wish there was like a "so and so just called me up and hired me," but it was really much more around, um, you know, the war in Iraq was really big, and so. Uh, there was an amazing organization called Intersections International in New York that partnered with UNHCR, and it was the first envoy that I went on called the Iraqi Voices Amplification Project, IVAP. And they pulled together people who were going to be cultural ambassadors from all different realms, Ada. Cultural ambassador of journalism and a cultural ambassador of dance, that's got my friend Paul. Culture ambassador of music, that was me. Culture ambassador of, you know, theater. Culture about they had, they pulled together. They were is an incredible program, and we went to Syria, Lebanon, and um, Jordan, and yeah, that's it. And we went around and and worked specifically with all of these Iraqi refugees, and our goal was to bring the story of what they're experiencing back and share it on different stages around the nation so that people understood what was happening to the people on the ground there. And um, again, utilizing the power of art as advocacy, doing it in a way that was going to not just be a talking head like this is what's happening and the numbers are this and you know blah 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 the wrath of war, but to really kind of get people to understand it from a heart place. Mm. And so we did that, and then that was it. I was like, this is we have to keep doing this everywhere we go. And so I, we just started coordinating and connecting with the Foreign Services Institute because the program was just so powerful, and you know we just kept working with UNHCR, we just kept going back. And so then I started going to places like Sierra Leone and to Rwanda and to Nigeria and just Palestine and Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, Kazakhstan, all these different places that were like, we need them to come here. We need them to talk to the people because another thing that art does is that it takes away kind of the pomp and circumstance of, oh, the embassy's coming you know, or whoever's coming or mm-hmm. You know, you get out of these vans, and people are a little, you know, afraid. It's kind of like suddenly seeing, you know, not to say the president, but you know, suddenly <laughs> there's, the government is here. You know, like <laughs> right, this, right, right. this entity is here. And when you come out with like me looking like this, with drums and bells and whistles, and like, woo, let's at the music, <laughs> it, it, it becomes a family affair as opposed to like we have to sit here in these chairs at behind a desk. So we we bring the party, honey. And Love that's it. really it. You know, we just started going around and, you know, taking the party everywhere. And I'll never forget. I remember being in, gosh, I think it was, I think it was in Syria or Lebanon, one of the two, where we were with these little, little, little kids. And they knew that I loved kids. So they just threw me on the school bus with like mm-hmm. 60, 70 little kids who were frozen in fear because they'd been in hiding. They were <gasps> refugees from the refugees. So, you know, a lot of the fathers who are refugees are going through PTSD and they start abusing the mothers and the children. These are stories you don't hear about, right? Right. So these are people that are in hiding from being in hiding. So they're extra mm. in, and so they're, these children are extra quiet. They, they don't make a sound. And I'm like, hit the drum. And they're afraid to hit the drum and they're afraid to mm-hmm. make, b- blow whistles and shake shakers. And after 20 minutes of being on the bus with these frozen children, by the time we landed where we were supposed to perform, they were so excited. They started playing drums and bells and whistles and laughing and playing and crying when we had to leave. And it was amazing to see them remember how to be children through music. I know, and even for that moment, how brief and fleeting it might've been just an afternoon with us was just a moment of, just a momentary reprieve from Mm. the horrors of war. And if I could do that just every day, I I feel fulfilled in my life.
0: Oh my gosh, you are an angel. But that has to take, I imagine, some emotional toll on you to bear witness to some of the atrocities in our world. And how do you protect yourself or, remain sort of detached with love from from what you're witnessing. Is it hard?
1: I reverse it. I don't detach. I dive deeper. I get more Ah. fully committed. It's kind of like a friend of mine drew this analogy. Instead of falling from a cliff, turn and dive. When you have that intentionality and you are going further into it with love and clarity and commitment, then you're way more effective. You can you can guide where you're going to go. You can really pinpoint the healing elements and aspects that you can do. Because if you're detached, you're just like, I'm here and they're gonna take it or leave it. But right. if you're like, oh, no, 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 these babies need to drum, these babies need to drum. And I remember I was in Palestine and I was talking to a teenager who unbeknownst to all of us was studying to be a Unabomber. And he said <gasps> to me, Mama Ami, he said, sit Ami, which means ma'am, Miss Ami. You teach me to drum, not bomb. Now I want to drum. And (gasps) And I was like, what? More drums, more drums, drums, not bombs. We got to do the drums, not bombs program. Like, seriously, it's next level. And all it it takes is commitment. And so if you're detached, you're not committed. If you're committed, you are all in. And life is about being all in, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely in every
0: way be yes. all in
1: at yes. all times
0: yes absolutely I dance think... with wild abandon
1: on top of the kennedy center yes. in the morning yes. that's all in living that's all in living
0: True. absolutely that was the subject of my last book 50 after 50 reframing Woo! the next chapter of your life yes it's, yes life is short yes do it now
1: yes. that's right you are not guaranteed any, you know, the next minute. Honestly, I I learned that after I was run over by a truck. Oh. I was murdered in a hate crime. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know this part, girlfriend. No, no, oh, honey. please tell. Listen, yes, and I got just a few more minutes, but the long and short of it is, is that I was off to a music festival. These guys saw me standing in a field of flowers and they committed a hate crime. They ran me over. I left my body. I died. I came back. I mean, like the whole thing, which is why I say that I'm 105. When you when you come back, you die and come back, you get a restart, baby. You get to double up.
0: Oh um, goodness,
1: it's double or nothing. And it was not only outside of all, and that's really where I was like, I'm gonna live the exact way that I want to live because literally, in every moment and in every way, it's now. It is now the power of now when you when I realize that i'm zero years old and 100 years old, all at the same time, we we get so caught up in like you know oh now i'm this age, so I should be doing this what we're all of these things all right now. Mm. And embracing the fullness of that and when you said drink from the goblet of life. It's absolutely life is a giant buffet. Get to it, children. Don't just have the salad. Get over there. (laughs) Dessert first. You know, like there's no rules to this game except to really embrace your own inner calling. What is your soul telling you? What are you drawn to? Why are you here? Like those larger existential questions are not existential, they're essential, right?
0: Yes. I'm with you on 100%. You yeah, know? Exactly. Ah, yes. So we, I like to ask every guest the following question. What do you do, Ami, to become your best version?
1: What we were just talking about. I dig into every second of every day, living it to the fullest with joy, with an emphasis on well-being for all with a reframe of how people are being othered. How do we pull everyone to be more inclusive? How do we walk through life where we are healing the planet as opposed to harming the planet? How do we live in a way that I feel the pain of the whale just like the joy of the eagle? Like, how do we move so that we are in synchronicity with all living beings, not just humans, not just animals that are our pets, everything everywhere, the air, the soil, the water, how do we live abundantly with all of the beauty and blessings around us with joy and happiness and with open hearts? This mm. the game of life is not about how many coins are in the bank at the end of the day. The game of life is how did you live?
0: Oh my gosh, that is beautiful. I know, Ami, that you are a woman in demand and that you are, off to another engagement, so <laughs> I would let you go, but you can learn more about Amakela's work at amakela.com and follow her on social media at, at Amakela and at Amakela Gaston. And all of this is in the show notes. So, I just thank you for taking this amount- this time to be with us, and I know we will see each other again. Yes, I we know will. I love the Kennedy Center. Yes, on the
1: rooftop. Yes, on the rooftop. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much, darling. Have a great day. Take care, everyone.